Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of evil. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands repaired the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 16, beginning on the bottom of page 489. Blessed are those that are undefiled in the way, and walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and seek him with their whole heart. Even they who do no wickedness, and walk in his ways. Thou hast charged that we shall diligently keep thy commandments. O oh, that my ways were made so direct, that I might keep thy statutes. So shall I not be confounded, while I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will thank thee with an unfeigned heart, when I shall have learned the judgments of thy righteousness. I will keep thy statutes, O oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, even by ruling himself after thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not go wrong out of thy commandments. Thy word have I hid within my heart, that I should not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. O teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I been telling of all the judgments of thy mouth. I have had as great delight in the in the way of thy testimonies as in all manner of riches. I will talk of thy commandments and have respect unto thy ways. My delight shall be in thy statutes, and I will not forget thy word. Here beginneth the third chapter of the book of Exodus. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with the fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush, and said, 
Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt, and I have said I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then they will heed your voice, and you shall come you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now, please, let us go three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not even by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst, and after that he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely, of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Here endeth the first lesson.
Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Here beginneth the twelfth verse of the fifteenth chapter of the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Now if Christ is preached, that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Here ended the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he has risen and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit.
Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. We beseech thee, Almighty God, mercifully to look upon thy people, that by thy great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore, both in body and soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent. Create, make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthy lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us thy humble servants at all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall to no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Just some quick thoughts about today's lessons. Um, with the Feast of the Annunciation occurring Saturday, we have skipped over the second chapter of Exodus. And so we we have not read about the, you know, Moses being put into the basket and set into the, the, the reeds. And, but so if you want to catch up on that, you can watch the Ten Commandments this Saturday on Channel 7. But the imagery there is a sort of a, it harkens back to the flood where in the flood, the, the, the evil of humanity was washed away and the, the small group of humans led by Noah and his family is rescued on the ark. And so we see in, in, Exodus chapter 2, that the Pharaoh attempts to have all the male children of the Hebrews uh, drowned in the river. And it is through this, this, the river that the actual, the, the salvation of the Hebrews will come through Moses and his mother putting him into the, this, this little, you know, essentially as the, the, the language says, an ark. And this is where the, the, salvation of the Hebrews come, their rescue from captivity. And then, you know, some of the, the things that we, we start to see about Moses is that he, he has a temper. He has compassion for his, his fellows and for, you know, a, a desire for, for right to overcome wrong. And also, you know, he, he, 
kills a guy who's hurting someone and, you know, he immediately has this contentious relationship with his, his, his countrymen, with his fellow Hebrews. He does this thing and then he's immediately accused and they ask him, you know, who is he to be telling them what to do? So we'll see this played out. And the other aspect of Moses is his, you know, his constant feelings of unworthiness or self-doubt. He will constantly question his own abilities to do the things that God asks him. And so then he, he you know, he's a wanted man and flees from Egypt, from the 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 Nile, the source of abundance, the source of water, and finds himself in the outskirts, away from water, as the, here at Mount Horeb, he is three days away from water. And Horeb is also, you know, another name for Sinai, which some believe the, the etymology of the name is, is Scorched Mountain. He's now free from this, but he's out in the desert in this dry place. And he has this encounter with God in the burning bush. And some interesting things here occur. You know, I, it struck me today, you know, the promise that God made to Abraham about the land flowing with milk and honey. Well, for someone to get milk, they have to take care of the animals that they milk. And for honey to be cultivated, you, you, you can't sustain yourself on wild honey all the time. You have to have, if you're getting it from, from bees, you have to have beehives. And likely the, the, the word honey here does not refer to, to bees honey, but perhaps uh, a syrup made from dates, which involves cultivation. So this land flowing with milk and honey is a place where humans don't just sit around doing nothing. They have to cultivate, they have to live in harmony with the land and cultivate these things and live as God intended them. And then we also have this very important moment here in that, you know, Moses asks God his name and God says, I am. And this has profound implications and there's been many theological and philosophical works on this, that God is making a, what we would call an ontological claim. He is saying that he is not just a being, someone who exists, but his existence itself, that all of our, the reality of our existence, the fact that we are alive, and exist in the universe is due to God being existence itself and granting that to us. And this is a huge, you know, mind-boggling thing for us to comprehend. We, we, you know, it's why there's so much written about it because it's hard to describe and hard to understand. But God immediately alters what our perception of God is. He says that he will be with Moses. And this is important for us because God interacts with us in such a way that it's always relational. It's always about our relationship with God. That is how he wants us to understand him. 
and understand ourselves in relationship with him and with others. So he begins with Moses by saying, who I am is essentially the one who is with you in this thing. And he will be with him throughout all the trials, through all these signs. Who God is, is the one who is with his people. And this will change over time as, as humanity develops. God will slowly reveal who he is in different ways. So here he is, the, who is existence himself. He is the one who is with the Hebrews. He will be God the Father to them. That is how he wants to relate to his people. And finally, he reveal the fullness of God, of the Trinity, in his Son, Jesus Christ. And so that's how God wants us to, to relate to him and how he wants us to understand, understand who we are and who he is, is relational, how we interact and then how we live our lives in relation to him. So that brings us to our New Testament lesson where, you know, there's this question of whether the resurrection happened or, or whether there is such a thing as resurrection of the dead. These false teachers are coming about. And Paul is saying that, no, there has to be the resurrection because if there is, if people do not rise from the dead, then Jesus himself did not rise from the dead. Because Jesus himself rose from the dead, that proves the idea of the resurrection. This idea that at the end of time, all these things of our creation will fall away and the new creation will rise up and we will be resurrected into it. This is our hope. This is the Christian hope. And Paul's making the point that if there is no resurrection of the dead, then all we have is the things of this world and our faith in Christ is just another thing of this world. It's another thing to, to make existence in this world a little more bearable, a little more easy to endure. And that's, that's no hope. That is nothing. That belief in Jesus as, as, as a, a great teacher or a metaphor or any of these ty types of things is is essentially very, very sad. It's pitiable, pitiable. What our hope is, is in the resurrection. All our hopes are focused on that, in this coming newness of life that is coming. But because we are in Christ and he is already risen from the dead, he, we can take part of that resurrection now today in our faith in him. So just some thoughts about today's lessons. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, and the bond of peace and righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate.
that it may please you to comfort and relieve them according to their sovereign necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. This we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Monday and great start to your week. Thank you. Thank you, Deacon. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day, everybody. Bye, kiddos. Everyone. Bye. Bye.